As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I am David Mooney. I am joined, as usual, by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Yeah, hello. It's been a week. <laughs> you know what? Um, you say it's been a week. Literally, as you teed me up there, I got a little ping, iMessage on my computer. And it says, I'm, I'm basically reading this aloud. I haven't even read it all first. Say you would have got Madison in today if they could. Loan with option to buy was presented to Leicester response was no uh if you sent me that text message sorry for reading it aloud on a podcast <laughs> um but yeah there we go um that, that's that's, Madison, that's, eh? that's the most breaking news i've seen like in a podcast for a long time and like i, I mean are we allowed to do that is that like c- can we say uh, that on there um uh, can we say, yeah we can do yeah um I, yeah i don't know where it's come from let me just well the thing is i had just opened up twitter and i just saw that are we, even, are we even in the podcast now? Is this here? Is this the podcast? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. You, you sort that out. I'll, I'll just say to everyone that you can read everything on City and More and The Athletic right now for £2 a month for 12 months uh, by going to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod to sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod. And hopefully, Sam, that's given you time to catch up. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'm going to... I'm going to put this... Oh, I'm getting messages all over the place about all sorts now. This is a, this is a shambles, isn't it? Um, it's probably why they're taking us off air. Um... So, yeah, no, it's fine. I will catch up. I will drop that note to somebody else who should know and can make calls. And by the end of this, we'll have a better idea. But, yeah, and in terms of breaking news, anyway, there's a story in the mail about City 1 in Madison in the summer. And, um, yeah, that we'll, I suppose we'll get to that. Well, let's talk about the Cancelo stuff and everything else. Yeah. And then over the course of the next 45 minutes or whatever, we'll see where we, we get to. Yeah, well, let's start with uh, with Cancelo because, um, I mean, Joao Cancelo, more like Chow Cancelo, am I right? That's another reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's I, like what's happened here? Like because like four or five weeks ago, he was he, he was well in the team and he was like you know one of the what uh, one of the crooks to how Guardiola has his fullbacks playing. Suddenly now on loan to to Bayern Munich. Yeah. Um, well, there's 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 an article up on the Athletic today. There's also an article up on the Athletic three years ago. Um, well, three and a half years ago when he signed. I, it, it is quite spooky, actually. Because I had to speak to people um, who that worked with him and, and seen him play in Portugal and Spain and and Italy, 
And um, when I was speaking to, look, this is all going to sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet, and I probably am to an extent, but also there's loads of articles I write, which I know are shit. So I feel like I can say <laughs> when there's good ones. So I was speaking to someone yesterday about what was going on, and he'd seen that I tweeted the article from 2019. He was like, I hadn't read that at the time, but what was in that article is exactly what's happened. And again, that's that, you know, I can't really take credit for it because it's not me predicting it. I've just spoken to people who have seen what's happened already, and basically history has repeated itself. Um, but yeah, the article that's up today kind of explains what's happened recently. So that one in 2019 explains what's happened before City. And basically... Kind of, kind of how we got to City in that... that yeah, well, how, kind yeah. of how we got to... Yeah, in that sense, it moved around a lot of clubs. Basically, and again, me and Paul spoke to a lot of sources for the article that, that we've put up today. And, you know, some of them are close to Cancelo and some of them are like very defensive of Cancelo and supportive and, you know, oh, it's not this and it's not that. But even they say, and I've, I've used this quote on the Athletic um, podcast, it's, if the season was 46 games long and Cancelo had only played 45, it'd be upset. That, you know, that's, that's basically the, the crux of this. And then in, we've, we talked about before, it was widely documented at the time, a few months into joining City, he wanted to go, didn't he? And that was yeah. because he, had, he wasn't playing that much. And then obviously he, he eventually stayed. And then the end of the following season, you know, when, you know, when I came back from, Porto and was like, all oh, right. By the way, he just lost the Champions League final, and everyone wants to leave. He wasn't, as far as I remember, or at least as far as I was told at the time, he wasn't one of the players who wanted to leave. But it was, it was definitely clear that in that kind of cabal of unhappy players, he was in there. Yeah. And I remember, I remember um, David Ornstein at the time saying, you know, he's not, he's not one of the players who reacts well to being dropped. You know, you've got the Gabriel Jesus, Sinchenko, you know, smile through the pain scenario, Nathan Ake, another one. Uh, Bernardo Silva, um, to in a different sense, um, but Cancelo is not one of those guys. And then, yeah, um, thing is, it kind of started at the World Cup. You know when you know when we were thinking, you know, why is it the World Cup? Why have players come back in in certain moods? Or you know, Guardiola talking about body language. Now, obviously, Cancelo is not the only one, but obviously, he's kind of his has come to a head the most quite quickly. But well, he quite came back from, as well, yeah, yeah. But he came to the, he came back from the World Cup upset and annoyed because he didn't play in Portugal's to knockout stage matches. And I saw an article yesterday in Record, the Portuguese newspaper, and it was like his face on the bench against Switzerland. You know, it was a face of frustration. He didn't even cheer up when when Portugal scored the first goal. And you think, this is just, this is the kind of thing that happened with Ronaldo. Like, everyone was talking about Ronaldo being on the bench and his mood, because even when he came on, he looked like they'd been knocked out at the full time, didn't he? But it was obviously the same with Cancelo. And I was in Argentina, so maybe they didn't notice it or maybe it wasn't noticed so much anywhere because everyone was looking at Ronaldo. But it was basically the same thing with Cancelo. And then he came back and he was pissed off because of that. And then, vicious cycle, really. Did he he, he, he? he was pissed off, so he wasn't playing. And then if he wasn't playing, he was pissed off. And then if he was more pissed off, he wasn't playing more. And then, you know, they went through that period with Southampton and, and United where, you know, Pep will keep giving opportunities to people. Do you know, recently he talked about Mares being earlier in the season. Yeah. Wasn't training right and all that, but now he's great and it's all fine. But how many times did we think, well, Mares isn't going to play again? Because this was surely his last chance and he's been shocking. And Pep kept playing him. We do know that Pep does try to, like, recover these situations and he will... Um, he will play players and give them opportunities, even if they're not, um, you know, in the right frame of mind or they've not been in the best attitude. You know, maybe you can't expect them to start in, you know, Premier League game against Liverpool or whatever. But he will give opportunities to try and recover a situation. He tried that with Cancelo, um, but 
the you know the attitude was still not great and then yeah like i say it was just a kind of a vicious spiral really you know everyone yeah. when and the news got... broke everyone was like there must have been a big row but i think it's just that kind of it just was a big snowball effect yeah, and he like the, 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 you think of the games that he's played in as well. You know, he played again in the derby at Old Trafford. Uh, he played in that Southampton game. He got hooked at half time in the Chelsea game, didn't he? Um, and like all of these things must must kind of go into it. I wonder. I wondered how much of it kind of stemmed back from that red card against Fulham because they they had words, didn't they, when he went off? Yeah, true. Um, I mean, I'll, look, I, I don't know. We kind of, we kind of picked up the inquest post World Cup, really, in in terms of this, and you know. We had a day to work on it, and there was plenty of time to get a lot of good stuff. And you mentioned, you know, taking off at half time against Chelsea. That is that is in the article. You know, he was very, very pissed off about that. That was, you know, like I say there's not one massive row with Guardiola, um, but you know, there's there's a series of little shows of his frustration, little little blow ups and stuff. And that Chelsea is one he was very, very angry after that after the game. Um, but yeah, I don't. So I don't know. But what I would say about the Fulham red card situation was it's easy to it's easy to imagine that that was just Guardiola, as he said to the press afterwards. Don't get sent off in that situation. Yeah, like it's so early. Just let him score. It, it, it was probably don't be so stupid. And you know, there's 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 an element of Cancelo, isn't there, which can kind of exasperate you. Like, to be fair. I don't think he has these lapses as much as we maybe expect. He's one of those players who, when he does have a lapse, you go, ah, you see. But, you know, they could be like 18 months apart. But there is an element with him. It's like, what have you done that for? And I think that against Fulham was one of them. And I don't know. Like I say, the inquest over what happened only stretched back to, right, it basically started at the World Cup. Um, But, yeah, I I would imagine, having to speculate, that, that that was just a kind of... What are you doing there, kind of thing, rather than a a, a sign of problems that were long standing. But obviously, in a sense, they are long standing because I asked Paul last night, like, when, when do you think this started? This is when we were establishing the World Cup thing, and then I got confirmation it was a, it was Portugal with the World Cup, and then so did he. I was like, yeah. when do you think this started? And he was like, technically, when he signed. I was yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's left City in a situation now because it feels like somehow the number of senior left backs in the squad has dropped from zero to minus one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's certainly not a good situation. Um, look, I've, I've, been, I've had I've had to write this, and people have, were saying it yesterday. And look, City aren't going to get a replacement. They're kind of content with what they've got. Look, you'll have you, there'll definitely be City fans going, "Oh, can they be happy with this?" But look. They know it's not an ideal situation, but it is what it is. The, the Cancelo situation had got that bad that City deemed, and obviously, look in other clubs, maybe they'd go, "Oh, look, whatever." Like he's, he's being what he's being. Let him. I don't know. Let him have two weeks off, or I don't know. Whatever. Let, we, you could just say hypothesize and say at other clubs, maybe, or some other clubs. Not all. It's not like it. City is this weird club that only does things a certain way. But uh, some other clubs. Let's just say hypothetically. They'd have kept him around and keep playing him and let him get his form back and whatever. But City decided they're better off without him than with him, which is a hell of a kind of statement, really, and a hell of an insight into the situation and how bad it's been recently in terms of his attitude. And obviously the key to it is City felt that, you know, it started to affect others. You know, it was bringing the group down. It was affecting the group. It was affecting morale. And obviously, this is at a time. The whole backdrop to this is what Guardiola said after the Spurs game. He's, you know, he, we know he'd said all that to try and spark a reaction. Well, we know he said that 
because of that because it, that's what he said yeah, he wanted he a reaction so you, yeah exactly that that that's why um so at a time when he's trying to mount this kind of last ditch attempt i know there's still time left in the season but he thought if it keeps going then things are only going to get worse it was a last ditch attempt to turn everything around and save city season from that mentality point of view you can't have somebody undermining that you know 10 days on or whatever it was or even you know, just eight days was it from spurs to the arsenal game he was you know kicking off about not being picked again and not listening to instructions and you know it it's kind of a it's become a bit of a catchphrase but like bad body language and all this kind of stuff which you know some people might not care about some coaches might not care about but for pep and you know coaches at city it's just a no-go so yeah they've decided that it's better off without him and look it's not nobody is pretending it, it's ideal when you go through the names carl walker i mean carl walker I can't say that he's as pissed off as Cancelo is, but I don't think he's far off. So you've got Carl Walker, who needs to be recovered. You know, we're talking about recovering players and playing them. City need Walker. City need Walker to be back on it. And, you know, Walker needs City to give him the opportunities and all this, you know. And then you've got Rico Lewis, who we know is phenomenal. But I would say he's looked 18 in the last couple of games. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And then you've got Ake. No complaints there. He's, he's been he's been really good at left back. Um, Centre back playing left back though. That's the that's. I know. My issue. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's doable. I mean, I'm sure. What five years ago we'd have said, oh, central midfielder playing left back. Don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah true, true. Um, but again, I suppose with that central midfielder, you do get the element of final third ability, which Ake doesn't have. But I don't know. In some sense, oh, look, this is normally how City work, is it? If it? But that extra defensive solidity may help. Um, in some senses, you know, he, he's not going to give you the same in the final third, but he will give you a bit more defensively. And then, you know, maybe um, City can adjust in other ways and get that um, extra man forward in, in other ways. I don't know. Um, and then the other one is obviously Sergio Gomez, who we know is not quite up to the level of City. Nobody expected him to be. There's, you know, I'm not going to hang him out to dry over that. I think it's just a fact. Yeah. Um, why is that the case? He's been playing left back for one year in the Belgian league. And he still plays on the right wing for Spain's under twenty ones. Like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, he's not going to be massively up to scratch. So, those are the four options. So, it's, I, not, I, it's not an ideal bunch. Basically, only Ake is you'd be hundred percent confident in him. Rico Lewis deserves that kind of confidence, but in the last couple of games, it's been a bit like, right, okay, yeah, let's let's just hold on a bit. Uh, and obviously, Walker, you, yeah, you would be confident with him, but he's he's played about the same as Cancelo has. He's also annoyed at the situation that there is something to be fixed there and then Gomez if Gomez had to play in a Champions League game or basically if God, in a Premier League game you'll be massively confident so it's not ideal but City are like well this is it this is what we've got and we're happy to move on with it because basically we're happy to move on without Cancelo that's the kind of the message Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Just a couple of thoughts on that then in, in, in that regard. I mean, we'll start with, with Walker and Lewis. Um, 
because ultimately, if Lewis is stepping inside and becoming that kind of central player next to Rodri, that's sort of what Cancelo was doing from the left anyway. So is it too much to ask an 18-year-old to flip over to the left and, and kind of perform that on that <laughs> side? And then you've got Walker at right back. But, but I mean, the other element to this as well is you take the yeah. Arsenal FA Cup game and... You know the tactic of of beating Arsenal's press by having Ortega chip the ball to one of the flanks. It ended up being Walker coming on to be the man to receive that pass. Yeah, there was no point. Like Pep even said it himself. There, there was no point really in having Lewis on in that type of, type of game because there was no build up from the back. There was no point in having superiority in the middle or trying to get it um, if you were just being man marked and there was no options. It just didn't work. And like I say, they were they were going over the top. Like those balls out to the right wing in the first half were for Mares, and I think it was Gabriel. So you had a centre-back up in the air challenging Mahrez out on the wing for a ball. You know, that was yeah, very astute from Arsenal because Tierney was following De Bruyne inside. So that Mahrez was never winning them headers. And then when Walker came on, he, like, he, was, he was just winning them, wasn't he? And it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a great situation because it you know becomes a game of second balls. But at least you were, you were winning them. And, he could have, and City were obviously supporting the men who went up for the headers a lot better in the second half. That's how they yeah. kind of... That's how they, you know, they, they, they turned the screw, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say they won the game because of that, but they certainly improved. Um, so, yeah. Um, but again, there'll be games when... Look, Carl Walker can, can play inside and do that. He was doing it very well at the start of the season. I still remember saying back in, you know, it's only the first two or three games, I was like, he's doing very well, but I, I wouldn't want Walker there throughout the season just because he's he's not you know he hasn't got that final third element that Cancelo has or uh, well yeah, let's, let's just stick with, with Cancelo there um, yeah. but you know he, he can do it he can come inside and he can do it. it it's obviously just a question of Lewis is playing well and he's got the right attitude and you know he's doing well at the minute Walker not playing well not got the right attitude so he's not but you know if that does click if he does recover Walker then then that's fine and then yeah then can Lewis go and play left back <laughs> possibly Possibly. Um, look, it's a loss in terms of on the pitch. What prime Cancelo gives you, it's a loss. But you know, this is football. You, you don't you don't always have prime versions of players. And unfortunately, yeah. this is an extreme example of football because he's gone. It's not just like he's he's not playing his best and he's still in the team. He's gone. So this is it. So you're going to have to deal with it. And look, maybe at the end of the season, they don't win anything, and it's and a large reason of, is because you know they've not had they've not had accurate. Um, not accurate, adequate cover at left back. Um, but look, that's just the situation they're in. And then we can start retracing our steps as Inchenko. I think we kind of covered that recently. And then Cancelo, it's double down on that, triple down on that. Like you say, it feels like it's gone to minus one. But it is what it is. They they didn't want that that kind of presence around when they're trying to improve the mood and, and try and win titles. And look, um, you could even say if they do win trophies, you could, you could say that was part of the masterstroke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we all know whatever happens this season is going to come back to those what Guardiola said after Spurs. It's going to come back to what Gundogan said after Southampton and how they turn that around. I know, and, come back know, to this decision. They win as well, trophies and and Cancel is very much part of it. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the the other kind of idea in all of this was uh, City's City's line was that they feel they've got adequate defensive cover, and it, it kind of. Yeah. Uh, I, I, in many ways, I, I kind of see what they mean because we were talking at the start of the season about having five senior centre backs and how that was far too many. And like, you look at the shape that they've been playing this season; it's been very much like kind of like that three centre backs and a right back, and they all shift over and play a back three yeah. in possession and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, Ake's been Ake's been pretty good at that this season. And um, as we said earlier, it's you know we 
when we talked about Fabian Delft playing left back, it was you know that we had the same sort of question marks then, and it's for the player to come and prove us wrong. And so far, Ake has been doing a, a perfectly good job. Um, Laporte's back now as well. He can he's he's done that in the past. I mean, there are options there, aren't there? Yeah, there's there, there's things they can do. There's things they can do. Uh, it's helped by the fact that they brought Akanji in because, um, yeah, I mean, I think they did. They yeah, they did kind of. Because I remember when they signed Akanji having to do a kind of long-winded explanation of this actually helps them at left-back because if something were to happen to Cancelo or something, obviously back then you were thinking injury, then at least you know they can move Ake out there and they've still got cover in the middle. But primarily it was a centre-back thing because they were concerned about Stones' fitness and Laporte was coming back from injury and obviously Ake just got injured. And lo and behold, yeah, Stones is injured again. I wrote an article last week actually that was mainly supposed to be about and was about Stones' different positions on the pitch and how he's done well. But I kind of noticed the very few league games he's actually played over the years and specifically at the end of the season. And then lo and behold, a week later, that shows, you know, that, that shows to be the case again. And Guardiola has always kind of mentioned uh, the odd throwaway comment in a press conference about Stones being unreliable fitness-wise. And then, yeah, there we go again. And there was another comment, another throwaway comment from Guardiola on Friday, wasn't there, about he wasn't ready. I don't know if he was tired or whatever, but that's what happens when you're injured and stuff. Now, who's next? Who's next in the firing line? Um, <laughs> So yeah, there's that as well. You know, there's still those things going on. But yes, with Akanji as well, there is a bit of relief there with Stones being injured. I mean, Diaz coming back in very slowly. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I can't say now if there's a problem or not with Diaz. I know people are kind of suggesting there is. If I end up writing in a couple of weeks that there's an issue with Diaz, then I found that out from today. I don't know now. My um, my gut instinct with it with Diaz though was just that he's had injury problems, so it was mm. just a slow kind of reintroduction more than yeah. anything else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That 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 would be my read on it, but and that may well be the case. But I mean, sometimes you know, sometimes my read on things, you know, I'll be saying something on a podcast as my theory, and then I'll go if I have to write about it for an article and can like speak to somebody about it, and that is the case. But the other week, when you know, when after the United game, I, I had to write about. What's going on with City and all this kind of stuff, which we kind of covered even before the game, but I had to do it again and mentioned about the dressing room environment being slightly different with the players who left in the summer going or one mile going or whatever. And somebody replied saying, "I do think we need more leaders," and I was, "I'm not so sure about that. Um, I, I think that's a bit overblown." But then, lo and behold, what article was it we were writing about? It was one of the ones. I think it was after the Wolves game, so it was the fallout from what Pep had said to the players after Spurs. Yeah. Well, he said it at half time. And it, it did come back then that the info actually within City, you know, they are kind of concerned about a lack of leaders and a lack of voices, you know, since Fernandinho left and all this kind of thing. Um, so, that, you know, we, we can't we come on here and use this as a kind of sounding board for, and often, you know, often we've, we've already checked it out. But with Diaz, I'm not sure yet what's going on. Uh, basically this is in my head because there was a comment on the Cancelo article saying this is all this all reads like hindsight and it's written to suit a narrative and I'm like well we knew Cancelo was pissed off I've mentioned it in articles probably mentioned it in on podcasts um, we, I knew there was an example in the article about him going straight from the team bus before the Wolves game and sitting on the bench by himself um, so we knew about that but it's always it's, it's always difficult because you kind of you don't want to overblow us. Well, I don't want to overblow a situation. May, you know, may, maybe I would have been, well, I suppose in hindsight, I would have been right to, to say, look, there's loads of players seriously pissed off and blah, blah, blah. But I always want to kind of treat it in the right context. 
And maybe that means I'm a bit cautious sometimes. But obviously now, once you know the buying thing is kicked off, you go, okay, well, this this stuff that I'd already had an idea of is obviously very relevant. And then you just you just go and ask. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of Diaz, I don't I don't know if there's going to be another player coming next to be in the same boat. Like I say, Walker is very similar. Um, you know, Walker may um, be a candidate to move on in the summer. You know, maybe maybe now I'm I'm shedding this conservatism and conservatism and coming out um, a bit more with stuff I've heard over the last couple of days and the last couple of weeks. Okay, yeah, but what you know, Walker's situation is not ideal either. Um, and yeah, there's there's a few other players that can go in the summer as well, which I will get to this week. It's a bit post Porto again, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but again, you know, this is but this is no secret, is it? You know, Guardiola's put all this out, out in the open. When he says he needs to move the team, you know, this is something that that they're thinking of. And God, going back to this Madison thing a minute ago, um, with not not really my tweet because I'm sure that that tweet, sorry, that that text that I got, I'm sure that was sparked by the story in the mail. So that started it. But now, you know, we know how the media works and the impact on these things. We're all we're already now going to be looking ahead to to the summer, and this is all this is all part of City's plans. You know, Guardiola signed this new contract. Um, a big reason was that the reaction in that Fulham game. You yeah. know, we 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 were waxing lyrical about City in that game, weren't we? And he absolutely loved it. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that he saw these problems coming. Um, and obviously, look, I'm not going to go down the route of saying he signed this new contract, but he could leave. But what I'm saying is, he signed this new contract because I think he saw all that commitment from the players. Now he's kind of in a completely different situation, so it's going to need sorting out. And then it goes back to what he always says and what Dominic Torrent told me in an article for The Athletic a few years ago. like Obviously, this isn't a, again, this isn't a city-specific thing, but is it, it is what they think. You either change the manager or you change the players. So, you know, city yeah. don't want to change, do they? And Pep doesn't want to go, so you change the players. And, yeah. you know, you, we, we're probably gearing up for another summer where they're planning that. But again, post-Porto, they were planning for a lot of players to go and they were planning for Kane and Grealish to come. All of those players stayed and only Grealish came. So we'll have to see how it actually pans out, but that is obviously the way it's headed. Yeah, just uh, just a quick thought on uh, the Cancelo deal as well, Sam, because um, yeah. obviously it's a loan at this stage. Uh, there is an option to buy, but there's no obligation for buying to buy. Um, could that leave City in a bit of a sticky situation later down the line, trying to shift on a player who maybe they can't get the value that they want for him? Yeah, for sure. And everyone knows that City are going to want to get rid now, so they're not in a great position. The only, um, the only way they can get some leverage back is if more clubs want to buy him. Um, I suggested Barca on the pod, but Paul kind of pulled a face because we were doing it on Zoom as well. <laughs> uh, and and you know the way that basically in La Liga now the levers that Barca have pulled, La Liga's new rules are like, well, these levers don't free up quite so much money. So even if Barca were to pull a load of levers, they can't actually spend it on players like they did last summer. These levers so are that, absolutely jammed, is what you say. <laughs> they just yeah, won't it's, budge. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Isn't it? I mean, that it does kind of make sense because I mean you could look at it two ways because I think obviously La Liga are doing it in the name of sustainability but they're hampering themselves massively on the European level like why why would you impose rules on your clubs that other clubs don't have to abide by um, you, you could put it that way or obviously you could put it another way and it looks like they're really trying to like hamper Barca you know you're pulling these levers so we're going to stop the the effectiveness of these levers but ultimately if they are saying well you're pulling these levers and you're being really reckless with your future so we're going to make you more sustainable i do kind of get it but yeah so bit of a tangent there 
but yeah, the only way City get a bit more leverage from this situation is if different clubs want to sign Cancelo. Like if Real Madrid want him, if Bayern want him. But look, 70 million euros. I was looking into this last week for the Jesus thing. I can't remember. Because oh, I was, I'd, I'd set the bar at 50 million euros. And I, I think there was only three transfers more expensive than that to European clubs last summer. Um, 70. I can't remember how much Lewandowski was. I think he may have been a bit less. But Kamavinga, Kamavinga, um, was 100 million. Anyway, so there's very few big money transfers going on around Europe. Um, buy and love him. I mean, look, maybe if Cancelo doesn't play a few games, they'll stop loving him. Um, so it, it's it's easy to imagine they do want to sign him. Um, but I think if City were to get 50 million for him in the circumstances, they'd be happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it, it's not ideal because teams have got on by the balls really because they know they know they know they want to get rid of him could he play against City in any eventual Champions League draw I think he could couldn't he I'm not sure what the rules are that would be hilarious wouldn't it yeah I think he could that's uh, um, that, that. I mean that's a, that's definitely a bridge we'll cross when we come to it but you can I mean already you can see what's happening there um Question from uh, Dr. James Robson on Twitter, who says, uh, lots of people are clamouring for a signing, Robinson mainly, uh, but one point I don't see a lot of people making is, let's say City sign a left-back before the transfer deadline, whoever it is, uh, they're not going to slot in for Spurs away. We all know players take time to adapt to Pep, so any signing isn't likely to play much, especially seeing as we're out of the League Cup and in the latter stages of the FA Cup and eight points behind in the league. Basically, if we get into the Champions League final this year, the team is going to come from the players already at the club right now, surely, don't you think? Um, well, uh, every player is different. Laporte obviously came in and slotted in immediately. I think, yeah, did he like, sign one day and play the next or sign one day and play the same day against West Brom? Um, he slotted in brilliantly. So, that, I mean, that's possible. I suppose the other thing is, even if they did need time, if they were the right sign-in for years to come, okay, it doesn't help now. It goes back to the situation not being ideal. It doesn't help um, if, if they don't slot in straight away. But it would help next season. So that's fine. That's not a problem. But the the problem you get is, like, Akanji's a very good signing. Um, but it was a kind of last-minute solution. And I think if you start getting a couple of last-minute solutions in... You end up with a squad of filled with last-minute solutions, yeah. Yeah, last-minute solutions. To a good play, like, look, don't, I'm not doing down Akanji, especially, you know, after we said he was a mixture between Fernandinho and company after that three games. So I don't want to do him down too much. Um, he, he, is, he is a very handy signing. But, yeah, he's not City's best... Defender. I mean, to be fair, when he came in, he looked like he was. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you yeah. if you if if you've got another left back now who's seven out of ten, and and then he stays for a few years, yeah, you you end up with seven out of ten players. Like, yeah, if there was the right player who they think is nine out of ten, but he doesn't settle in straight away, great, because he'll be fine by August or better by August. So that's that's fine. But yeah, if he was a seven out of ten player and he's not going to settle in anyway, then no, there's no point. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... Mm, 
real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. We're going to come on to the Arsenal FA Cup game shortly, a little bit of the, of the reaction to that and what it's told us. But first, um, I'm just wondering, Sam, if it, it, Guardiola after the game kind of he, he did that thing when he when speaking about Nathan Ake, um, where he, he basically said it was like Ake, wow, sort of you know the you know the sort of wide eyed kind of uh, fanboy stuff he does, yeah. Um, like in hindsight now, knowing what knowing what we've seen for the rest of the week, is that is he telling us something about Cancelo? There? Is he telling us that 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 Ake basically that Ake is uh, his because of his body language off the pitch when he's not been selected yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's and he's kind of not his desire but his willingness to do what what the team needs him to do rather than how yeah, he yeah. wants to play is 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 what he's looking for. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, he always is, isn't he? Like whether he means one player specifically or or a few, he always he's always talking about that and and that, when he talked about Ake. Basically, not playing. He specifically mentioned last season he he wasn't playing. You know, it would have been easy for him to get down, but he still had a great attitude, etc., etc. That is exactly what he wants. But I mean, did you see the the interview he did after the the game on Friday when he was talking specifically about Ake and he was yeah. like, he's a really popular guy. Not one person in the dressing room. Maybe uh, no, I don't think so. Not one person in the dressing room is not happy for him. And he was again. He, you could definitely read into that on Friday night, but now knowing what we know now, it's fairly obvious he was talking about Cancelo. Like, nobody in the dressing room is unhappy for him. Oh, hold on a minute. Maybe there is one. Like, it, it was obviously Cancelo. Um, I mean, Cancelo wasn't happy about losing his place full stop, but he, part of it was he wasn't happy losing his place to Lewis. Yeah. You know, that's... You know, this, you know when we start to think of why was it affecting others and why was it seen as so bad they had to go, you know, you... you he was he wasn't happy about specific elements of him losing his his role. Um, so yeah, but that Ake is the example, and that's why when I wrote the article after the derby, I was like, I don't know how much of a problem it is. And I like, there there've been other things going on behind the scenes that they're kind of taking steps to sort out in terms of the mood of the camp. I wrote an article after the Wolves game that um, the players had requested like a dinner soon, I don't know if they've had it, or soon coming up to all go out together and kind of help build everything back up and, and move on from the sort of the bonding they've had. Yeah. yeah. But again, I wrote, 
and that was all kind of floating around in my head at the time when I wrote after the derby that I think everything's okay in the dressing room in terms of it's a strong group, but it's interesting that the kind of the no bad faces guys in Zinchenko and and Jesus and Fernandinho and Juan Marleo in that kind of bracket um, have gone. So whatever problems they do have, they need to face without the more cheerful guys. And obviously um, with Cancelo, you know, Juan Marleo was very close to him and Juan Marleo kind of helped, helped manage him. Um, you know, in games in the past, if he's sat out and he's not been happy about Juan Marleo's kind of, yeah, he's, he's he just kind of smoothed those things over. But obviously without him, he's not, Cancelo's not had that. And, you know, therefore um, it's kind of snowballed as we said earlier on. Yeah, it's all come to a head. Um, let's finish this week, Sam, with uh, a quick look at uh, kind of the aftermath God, of the Arsenal game. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I was I was all ready to focus on this Arsenal game for this week, and then uh, I got ill on Monday, and we just, we decided to push it back a little bit, and suddenly it's uh, it's all kicked off. Um, what does what does first off what does the game tell us about these two teams for this season? Because it's not it's not normally the case that. You don't that you meet that in the Premier League. You meet one of your opponents in the FA Cup before you meet them, like in in one of the league games. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously we've got this situation with City eight points behind at the top of the table, or I think it's five points with the potential to get to eight points. Um, they've obviously just knocked Arsenal out the FA Cup in a game that was really tight and really hard fought. Does it have any bearing on the on the Premier League title? Now? I don't think so. I just don't think so. Like, I, I could I could go into my usual ten minutes of reasons. I just don't think so. Now, Arsenal, they didn't play a particularly strong team, did they? Um, you know, City showed some good stuff. You know, this this is a it's a good point to make actually because we're talking about the reaction from the Spurs game with, and the the kind of reaction to the Arsenal game was our oh, City still not at their slick best and whatever, and oh something's still missing. Yeah, I think that it is, but the situation we talked about this in the kind of aftermath of Southampton and United. But what City need is to get out of this kind of post-World Cup funk and get back to what they were doing before. And what they were doing before wasn't perfect. What they were doing before was very good, but it's the adaptation to Haaland and a new way of playing, and it's the slower speed that people don't necessarily like. They basically need to go back to that, because that's the path forward. And it's maybe a step behind where they were last season and the season before. But it's it's... The, the route where Guardiola is trying to find solutions and at least everyone's kind of fit and firing and in the right attitude, that's where they need to go back to. They couldn't um, really do that against Arsenal though, could they? That was that, exactly. that was the interesting thing, yeah. Exactly. Like the, People are, like, it was, still wasn't City. And I kind, of, I kind of get it to an extent, but for me, what conditioned that game more than anything was Arsenal's approach. And that's not criticising Arsenal at all, it's praise of Arsenal. Arsenal made that game a certain way, in the way that Brighton did. You were never going to get a classic city performance in in that in that environment where it was man to man and they they were going long. Like if you're going long to Haaland, you're not playing to City strengths. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting if we're talking about the reaction to Spurs. The thing is, again, in this article after the Wolves game, he told the players at half time against Spurs what he told us. So their reaction started from the second half against Spurs. And they scored four goals. And it was still a bit ropey at the back, but they scored four goals. It was a great reaction. Against Wolves, it was quite good. They did the job. They certainly didn't shit the bed, which, yeah. you know, 
in recent circumstances, Might in terms have, of yeah. Southampton and United, you know, just the goal happening out of nowhere and then you know, conceding another, conceding two goals against Spurs out of nothing. It could have happened. It could have happened. And then against Arsenal, who were playing very well, albeit without their first-round team, but knocked City off their rhythm, City still won. And, I, you know, I'm not normally a kind of guy to say, well, you know, they're winning, so it doesn't matter. Because obviously with City, the performance needs to be there as well. But I think if we're, we're going back now to judging the Arsenal game against City's best. Whereas what we should probably be judging the Arsenal game against is Southampton and United. And to go for, and even the first half, not even the first half against Spurs, because I thought they were okay against Spurs. But obviously they had those problems. Yeah, this came, just came, came out of nowhere. So if you're comparing it to that situation, the second half against Spurs, the game against Wolves, the game against Arsenal, it's better. It's good. It's what they want. Is it the best city? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it's getting back towards what it was before the World Cup. And like I say, it's not perfect. It's not. It doesn't really hold a candle to whatever your personal best version of City is. Whether you think it was last season when you know they had um, Gundogan and Bernardo in midfield and Foden as false nine and they were controlling games and battering everyone. Or the season before when it was 25 games unbeaten with a very similar setup, or even back with Sterling and Sane. Going back to before the World Cup is not going to really hold a candle to that. But it's the only real way forward, and it's the only real way that City can get back to those levels. And I think if you look at the Arsenal game and the other couple we've just mentioned, through that kind of lens of how does it compare to Southampton and United, and that period where things were really bleak inside the dressing room and someone was missing and things were down. It's good. Now, how does the Arsenal game itself affect the title race? I don't know. Because if City show that there's, they're recovering and they've still got plenty to offer, so did Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's good from a City point of view that we know, you know, because Guardiola said, if we play like we've been playing recently or we play with this attitude, Arsenal will destroy us. Okay, it was a weakened Arsenal side, but they didn't destroy and, and City won so that was good but like I say Arsenal showed it as well so no I don't no, I, I don't think it's going to have any impact at all I, I don't I don't see a way in which it could you know if City had have blitzed them like 6-0 or Arsenal had blitzed them like 6-0 and then City goes back issue, in yeah. and Guardiola goes back in going I'll tell you we forget it forget it you know they have they have destroyed us there's no way we're coming back from this then yeah it could have an impact but that you know that, that would be a very very rare outcome and I yeah. just think you know, it was a game that happened between two teams. They'll have another two games. Yeah, maybe well, they'll Ma- go man-to-man. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll do something else. Maybe they won't. Maybe, maybe Martinelli and Saka are injured and suspended. You know, maybe the Harlan's not playing. Who knows? Yeah, variables. Um, well, because my mate, who's an Arsenal fan, who we had on uh, Blue Moon ahead of the game, uh, was basically saying, kind of his ideal situation in all of this would be that if City are going to win, then it's a very tight win and Arsenal give a really good account of themselves because that that's <laughs> kind of... It, okay. it, it, it kind of pushes all of Arsenal's focus into the league campaign and focuses you for the two games against City to come. And I kind of get it and that's sort of what happened and it just made me a bit nervous for uh, for, for, the, for the coming games. Um, the other the other aspect of this is you talked about Arsenal set up and um, kind of going man-to-man like Brighton did. Um uh, and City, I, I wonder if there's like one slight change in City's uh, display that might uh, uh, that that might change the performance is simply Edison for Ortega because Edison's Edison's range of kicking would be would would be a lot better than Ortega's was. I was in a, I'm in a yeah, WhatsApp but, group with yeah. um, 
uh, a couple of ex-City players. And uh, David James just kept saying, Ortega's hitting the ball long too many times. And like the issue that City had was there was no way out other than to do that. The solution yeah, so that fine. we talked about before of, of Walker, you know, coming on to, to win the headers did the job but it's not kind of like if that's the situation in the league game I just kind of wonder how it goes do you know what I mean um well I don't know if it's the same approach the thing is it's interesting with Edison because maybe then you know there were there were some good times when City managed to find they managed to get a man free in the middle like Rodri or Gundogan and you know it took a couple of passes and maybe it has to take a couple of passes you know this is my you know, tactical inexperience talking maybe it has to take a couple of passes but maybe Edison can find that ball straight away and that opens up other options but Ortega's the problem wasn't so much Ortega's kicking the other night because those flat passes straight up you know lofted but flat they're you know they're um, dangerous you know they are killer passes the problem is you know it's not really Harlan's game Harlan's not a target yeah yeah Um, so it doesn't matter so much obviously with Edison you had that kind of exaggerated example against Brighton where he just banged the ball over the top didn't he and and Harlan ran in behind and out muscled everybody. I do. I want it, yeah. to. I, I want to Which see this more often. Goal. Yeah. Well, I want to see this more often because uh, the law is that you can't be offside from a goal kick, and Edison can yeah. boot at the length of the pitch. So, like, genuinely, just stick Harland on the opposition penalty spot and see what happens. I just well, want to know what happens. When, yeah. They did that a bit when Edison signed, didn't they? And one of my favorite all-time. Well, I say all-time, but since covering City, one of one of my favorite goals the City have scored was that one at Everton in the seventeen eighteen season. When they did that, they put everyone really high. And because it was early Edison days, teams didn't really know whether he was going to go short or long. So that, so the Everton defenders dropped back deep, but he played it, I say short, he played it to Sane in the, the halfway circle. line. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that was obviously the trigger for as soon as Sane came in and controlled it. De Bruyne was off. They played it to De Bruyne and they crossed it. Um, and Jesus headed it in. Um, it was quite an untidy finish, but the way it was executed was brilliant. And I think that's where. Um, that Edison assist for Aguero against Huddersfield. Yeah, that's one of my that favorites. That came from that, uh, and they have they have tried it a bit. You know, there have been players making those runs in behind, because, you know, because you can't be offside from a, from a goal kick. Um, so yeah, um, very very interesting, um, <laughs> very interesting little tactical thing that. That get can the, happen a bit more. Yeah. Get and all again, the best yeah, players of the world to play Route to One it. football. That's what I want to see. You know. Yeah, but again, yeah, but I mean, it, that's. Isn't that the beauty of kind of football <laughs> and, and Guardiola and everything? That there's just new ways of of doing things. And yeah, the other the other day the the best solution was um play up to the big man up front and win the second ball. Yeah. Football, eh? Some things you can't change. Yeah, indeed. Uh, right, Sam, I'm going to leave it there for this week. Um, thank you very much for everybody who's listened. Uh, that's the end of this week's Why Wiz Us. Thank you as ever to Sam Lee. Yeah, cheers. Um nothing new majors coming through on on Madison. Um Basically, going to have to look into that a bit more whether whether they wanted him today or not. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm I was reading it out for a, just for effect because um, it's kind of took me by surprise. I'm not putting 100 percent stock in whether this is legit. Don't go putting it on aggregators that I've said they tried to sign Madison today because I've no idea. But I'm going to look into it, and yeah, interesting uh, one. But I de- I definitely keep an eye on it. Do you remember when we did the one Marleo columns in the summer? He yeah. was loving what um, James Madison. And it's like, okay, you wonder how kind of deep that goes in. Yeah. Um, well, a ni- nice little, way of thinking. Yeah. Nice little uh, disclaimer from you there about 40 minutes after you said it in the initial uh, response. So it's already on the aggregators by the time you've given the disclaimer. <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, yeah, fine. 
Yeah. Live by the sword. <laughs> Die by the sword. I don't want to live by the sword. I don't want to live by the sword at all. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, lovely stuff. Right, well, as ever, thanks to Sam Lee. Cheers. We'll see you next week. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for £2 a month for 12 months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.